To my City Church family and to friends who have joined us today, I want to wish you a happy and a healthy Easter. The ongoing coronavirus uh, pandemic has obviously made this the most unusual Easter many of us have ever experienced. And my heart is truly broken for those in our city, those in our country, those around the world who are suffering because of this health crisis. My heart is broken for those of you who have lost loved ones, for those of you who are ill, and for those of you who are caring for the sick. My heart is also burdened for those of you who have lost jobs or lost income because of this health crisis. And I feel a, a deep sense of empathy for those of you who are experiencing anguish or anxiety or fear or panic because of what is going on. Today, on this Easter Sunday, I'd like to offer you something that I believe will give you inner courage and inner strength to endure these tough times. I want to give you hope. Now, I want to clarify what I mean by hope. Because sometimes people confuse hope with wishful thinking, and they're not the same. Wishful thinking occurs when you don't think something is likely to happen. You know what I mean? When, when you're pretty sure something is not going to happen. That's wishful thinking. Like, I wish my parents would get back together. Or I wish my business would have made it. Or... I wish the Cowboys would make it to the Super Bowl one more time before I die. You know, stuff like that. Wishful thinking. But hope is different than wishful thinking. Hope is a vision of tomorrow that inspires us today. Can you say that with me? Hope is a vision of tomorrow that inspires us today. And Jesus came to give us hope. And the kind of hope that Jesus gives us is based on God's promises and his power to fulfill his promises. And because of that, hope is just different from wishful thinking. Hope gives us inner strength to get through challenging times. Hope gives us uh, the ability to weather str uh, strong storms. And hope gives us the inner power that propels us to persevere through tough times like these. And maybe you need hope today. And maybe your hope is not related to the coronavirus issue. Maybe you need hope for some relationship that is a mess. Or maybe you need hope from, because of some regret in your past that you just can't get beyond. Or maybe you need hope because of some injustice you have faced that you can't shake off. Or maybe you need hope because of some illness that has sapped your strength. Or because of some financial crisis that you can't overcome. Or because of some addiction that you can't beat. Easter is all about hope. Easter is about God's power to change what is. And because of Easter, I believe we can all live with hope. Easter is about defeat becoming victory. It's about sorrow becoming joy. It's about death becoming life. It's about crucifixion becoming resurrection. It's about despair becoming hope. And the kind of hope I want to offer you today, the kind of hope I hope you can feel, is the same kind of hope that motivated the first followers of Jesus to rise up after they shrank back. Matthew's account of Jesus' life and his death 
tell us that on a Thursday night, after Jesus had spent the night in prayer, an angry mob gathers around him and arrests him. And I want us to notice how the first followers of Jesus respond when Jesus is arrested. This is Matthew chapter 26, verse 56. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Jesus' disciples, all of them, desert him. They shrink back. And then just hours later, Jesus' closest confidant, the man he had picked to continue leading his movement, Peter. Peter denies even knowing Jesus three times. Peter shrinks back too. Thursday became Friday. And on a dark Friday afternoon, the Roman soldiers crucified Jesus on a cross. And after hours of suffering, in agony and in pain, Jesus finally gives up his spirit and he dies. And for those first followers of Jesus, when Jesus dies, hope dies with him. And so they all shrink back. When what we expect to happen doesn't happen, we can all shrink back. When what we expect to happen doesn't happen, we can become disillusioned with God. We can become disappointed with God. And if we could be honest, sometimes we can become angry with God. And that causes us to shrink back. We have all shrunk back at times, in various times, in various ways. And maybe you're shrinking back even today. But what encourages me about this part of the Easter story is that even the first followers of Jesus shrink back. That tells me that they struggle like we struggle. That tells me that sometimes they fail like we fail. It tells me that sometimes they wrestle with their faith like we wrestle with their faith. And yet, what's so interesting to me is that even though they shrank back, Jesus still entrusts his movement to them. Isn't that amazing? Despite their failure, despite the fact that they shrunk back, Jesus still entrusts his movement to them. And I think that's because Jesus has hope for them. Jesus can see something in them they can't even see themselves. And if Jesus had hope in those who shrunk back in his day, then he has hope for us. When we shrink back today, there is hope for us still. On a Thursday and Friday, the first followers of Jesus shrink back. The next day is Saturday. And most pastors don't talk about Saturday on Easter Sunday. But I want us to talk about Saturday for a moment because I'm concerned that some of us are living in Saturday today. As far as we know, there has only been one day in the last 2,000 years when no one believed Jesus was alive. And it was on that Saturday. You see, Saturday is the in-between day. In between Friday's sorrow and Sunday's joy. In between Friday's pain and Sunday's resurrection. In between death and life. In between bad news and good news. Everybody knows what Saturdays are like. 
Saturdays are the day after your dream dies. And the next day you wake up to realize you're still alive, but you don't know how to go on. You're not sure why to go on. On Saturdays, silence happens. You see, after Friday's pain, you cry out to God. And you call out to God and you say, Father, hear me. Lord, hear my prayers. Say something, do something, anything. But all you hear is silence. It's the wife who desperately wants to see her marriage make it. And she urges her husband to go to counseling or couples therapy or a marriage program, something. And she cries out to God because her husband doesn't want to. She asks God to change his heart for her sake, for his sake, for the kid's sake. But all she hears is silence. That's what Saturday's like. Saturday's like the couple who find out their child has a life-threatening illness and they cry out to God. They believe God can heal their child. They pray and they pray, but all they hear is silence. Their child is getting worse. Saturday is like when you lose your friend or you lose a job or you lose your health or you lose your wealth and you hear nothing but silence. When Friday's death happens, Saturday comes. And then you have to determine how will you respond? You can respond with uh, despair. That means responding to the silence by giving up. You can respond with denial. That means responding to the silence by trying to fake yourself out with positive affirmations. You can respond to the silence with disbelief, choosing to walk away from God and to go your own way. Or you can choose to respond with hope. Hope is a vision of tomorrow that inspires us today. And the only event recorded in the Christian scriptures about that Saturday tells us that those same Jewish leaders that asked for Jesus to be put to death went to Pilate, the Roman governor, and asked him to secure Jesus' tomb. You see, they remembered that Jesus claimed that he would rise up from the dead on the third day, and they did not want his disciples to go and steal his body and claim they had come back to life. In other words, they did not want Jesus or his followers to rise up. Notice what happens. This is Matthew 27, verse 65. Pilate answered, take a guard, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. Not just a little secure, as secure as you know how. So they went and made a tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. In other words, they made sure nobody was getting Jesus' body. On that Saturday, the Jewish leaders and those Roman officials felt confident they had ended Jesus' movement with this last defining act of control and oppression. But after Friday's death and after Saturday's silence, please hear me. After Friday's death, in Saturday's silence, Sunday is coming. I promise you, Sunday is coming. Mark 16, verse 1. 
When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of, Jesus, of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Now, it's clear that these women had no hope other than to finish burying Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what the spices were for. And in fact, they weren't even sure how they were going to get into the tomb. This stone was huge. And my point in, in, in us looking at that part of this story is it shows that they did not have any hope. They had no expectations. In fact, they didn't even have wishful thinking. You see, they, like everybody else, felt that when Jesus died, his movement died too. But then they arrived at the tomb. This is Matthew 28, verse 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. Isn't it amazing? These women were the first ones to see Jesus risen up. They weren't expecting it, but that is what they saw. And you know, I think it's so significant that the first people to see Jesus risen up were women. Because in their culture, in their day, women were actually not considered very credible witnesses. In fact, in Jewish court, a woman's testimony was not considered as valid as a man's testimony. It's sort of like an ancient example of gender discrimination. So let's make no mistake about it. Jesus is a social reformer. And what I want us to notice here, this is so important, is women were the first followers of Jesus to rise up. And not just any woman. I think it's so important that Jesus chose a woman like Mary Magdalene to be among the first to see him risen up. Because we know enough about Mary Magdalene's story to know that she had made a lot of mistakes in life. And when she became a follower of Jesus, she had a lot of baggage. And I think Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene first says something about who his movement is for. You see, Jesus' movement is not for neat people with neat lives who never messed up. Jesus' movement is for messy people with messy lives who crave the messy grace that we all need. And when those women see Jesus risen up, they rise up too. And they run to go tell his disciples, we've seen Jesus, he's risen from the dead, we've seen him alive. But his own disciples, his hand-picked disciples, they don't believe their testimony. In fact, one of the accounts say that the disciples felt like the women's words were nonsense. Instead, the disciples remained behind locked doors, shrinking back in fear. They were shrinking back because they had no hope. But then something happened 
that changed everything. John 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. It's very evident, again, these disciples did not expect to see Jesus risen up. But when they saw him risen up, it changed everything. Their fear turned to faith. And seeing Jesus risen up gives them hope. Now they have hope. And hope is a vision of tomorrow that inspires us today. When they see Jesus rise up, they get a chance to see tomorrow. You see, when they see Jesus risen up, they now know what the future is beyond death. That life does not end in death. There's a life after death. They get to see tomorrow. And when they see tomorrow, their vision of tomorrow gives them hope today. When they see Jesus risen up, they rise up too. The fearful become fearless. The timid become bold. And those who shrink back now rise up. They rise up because he rose up. And we can rise up because he rose up. The resurrection of Jesus empowers us to live with hope. And hope is not like wishful thinking. Hope is based on the promises of God and his power to fulfill those promises. And these are just a few of the promises Jesus made. Jesus promised, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus promised, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him will have eternal life and get this, and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus promised, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live after dying. Did you notice who these promises were for? These promises are for whoever and everyone and anyone. And that tells us that these promises are for all of us. No one is excluded. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how big you've messed up, these promises are for you too. And if you will put your trust in the one who has risen up from the grave, if you will put your trust in him because he has risen up, you will rise up too. And that will allow you to live with hope. You see, the resurrection of Jesus, it changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus gives us a reason to hope. And here's something I find so important and significant. You see, skeptics today, skeptics who maybe don't believe in God, maybe don't, don't believe in any religion, they all agree that there's no way to explain the rapid spread of the Christian faith and the Christian movement throughout the Roman Empire in the first and second century other than a dynamic explosion of people who believe what they say they saw. These people rose up with great faith, with very little money, with no political influence, and against the face of brutal persecution. They rose up because of what they saw. They 
believed they saw Jesus risen from the dead and because he was risen up, they rose up. I mean, there's no other way to explain the Christian movement. The Christian movement would have died in the first century if those believers did not see what they saw. But it didn't. Because those first believers saw Jesus rise up, they rose up too. And they chose to live with hope. And Jesus can give you hope too. You see, he is the savior who can save you from your sins. He can give you hope. Jesus is the eternal son of God who can give you eternal life. Jesus can give you hope. Jesus, he is the loving Lord who loves you right now, just the way you are. He can give you hope. And the resurrection of Jesus means that the same power that raised Jesus up from the grave, that power can work in your life and in mine. The resurrection means that your past sins, they can be removed, they can be washed away, and you can have a new life. He can give you hope. The resurrection means that relationships that might be a mess, they can be restored, they can be healed. He can give you hope. The resurrection means that problems and, and challenges and troubles that you are facing, you can get through them. He will help you get through what you're going through. He can give you hope. The resurrection means that if you have lost a loved one, the resurrection means that one day you will see them again. He can give you hope. And the resurrection means that you can overcome. You can overcome temptation. You can overcome fear. You can overcome your anger, your addiction, your depression. He will give you hope. And hope begins when you believe in the Jesus who has risen up. And that's my prayer for you today that you would believe in Jesus, the one who has been risen up. And when you believe in Jesus, that he has risen, you will rise up too. And that will allow you to live with hope. You see, Jesus is our living hope. Down from glory to 
Jesus is our living hope. And I'd like to pray with you on this Easter Sunday. Would you join me in prayer? 
First, I wanna pray for those of you maybe who have never put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you've never believed in him before. I invite you to believe in him today. And so I'm gonna lead you through a prayer and I just encourage you to whisper this wherever you are, wherever you're watching me and let it reflect what you believe today. Are you ready? Jesus, I do believe in you. I do believe you're the son of God. I do believe you've risen up. I do believe you can give me eternal life. I do believe you can forgive my sins. And so I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to make me a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And then, Lord, I pray for all of us who believe. All of us are, who are seeking to follow you in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would bless us during these trying, trying times. Lord, I ask that you would give us an inner strength to live with hope. I ask you to be a people who choose hope. I ask you to help us to have the inner strength to be a people who choose faith instead of fear. And I ask you to give us the inner strength to be a people who choose the way of love and look for ways to love our neighbors. I ask you to give us the inner strength and courage we need to rise up in these days. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen. Amen.